0: This is the Law for Community Workers podcast for community and health workers produced by Legal Aid New South Wales. My name is Pauline, and I'm from the Community Legal Education Branch here in Legal Aid. And we would like to acknowledge that our podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and pay our respects to elders past and present. Always was, always will be. Hello everyone. Today our guests are Janine and Sharon, and they are going to talk about Christmas spending and budgets so your clients don't get slayed down with debt in the new year. Good morning and welcome to you both good morning pauline good morning if you'd like to both introduce yourselves
1: tell us what team you're on where you work and what's your favorite thing about your job okay my name's janine signs i'm a financial counsel with um, civil laws for aboriginal communities i've been there for the last uh, six and a half years and what we do in classic is we visit um, remote areas 26 actually identified uh, remote Aboriginal communities and the thing I like the most is uh, going out there and meeting the root people of the communities you know at gra- grassroot levels so that's what I love about that and also also accompany the uh, solicitors on outreach because you know that there's always legal um, matters that they've got to deal with and then then they actually if if uh, they need to refer to, for financial counselling they refer it to me.
2: And you Sharon? Hi, um, my name is Sharon Weston. I work in the consumer team at Legal Aid. So my role is to meet with clients who may have had another legal issue and also have a financial issue that I might be able to help them out with. One of the things I like most about my job is being able to help people to learn something about how the world of banking and lending and energy, etc., actually works and how they might be able to improve the way they interact with those entities.
0: Excellent. Well, welcome to you both. So let's get into it. So the first question is Are there any eligibilities for people accessing your services? Sharon, would you like to go first?
2: Okay, so normally because my clients are referred to me from uh, internal sources, so the lawyers in the consumer team and in in the broader team, the clients have already met the thresholds of our intake. But sometimes I might um, assist people who might be outside of that threshold, but only briefly, so with one phone call.
1: And what about you, Janine? Yes, they've got to be Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. Uh, And they've got to, you know, be vulnerable, although Legal Aid has got their own criteria. But in Classic, we actually go out in uh, remote areas in New South Wales and see Aboriginal clients and First Nation people, really. Yeah, they come as a priority. That's our priority target, actually.
0: And Janine, what is the best way for a community worker to make a referral to you?
1: Well, they could contact our Civil Laws for Aboriginal Communities. Uh, we've got an 1800 number, 1800 793017, or they could ring us on 02 9219 5057. And once they ring us, they're actually, um, the person on the other end of the phone will actually triage them to a solicitor who's identified in those areas. And what about to get in touch with you, Sharon?
2: So the best way is via the consumer inbox. People can contact me directly if they want to ask whether a client would be um, suitable for referral to me. But the best idea is to send the uh, referral via the consumer inbox.
0: Excellent. And we'll have that in the show notes for people. My next question is for Janine. What is the biggest finance or debt issue that comes to you in Classic because of Christmas spending?
1: Well, I guess there'd be a lot of electricity bills like you know, people won't pay the uh, electricity bill because they want to, you know, spend a little bit on Christmas presents and things like that. Um, And the other thing is the payday lenders. They might go out and, you know, they haven't got enough money to buy Christmas things and they might uh, apply for a loan with a payday lender. And that's where I see most of the clients getting into trouble. So Janine, what's the best
0: way for workers to help their clients address that type of issue?
1: By encouraging people to do like a money plan. A money plans will tell you your income coming in and your expenses going out. So that's where they need to really look at their money plan to see what's going on with their money.
0: Thanks, Janine. Sharon, can you talk a little bit about the plethora of payment options available these days and if or how they affect people's credit files?
2: There's new uh, credit file reporting information that began on the 1st of July this year. And some creditors under that new legislation will be listing much more detailed information about their customers. So if you miss a payment or um, even ask for help, if every time you miss a payment or have a moratorium granted, it will show up on your credit file so that other potential creditors can view your credit history. Um, not all creditors have signed up for that one, but some of the bigger ones have. And that's the biggest change that that's happened um in credit reporting for a while, and that began this financial year but the, and when it comes to the plethora of payment options, there's been a whole new raft of credit suppliers called uh, that come under the buy now pay later banner, and they include a whole raft of customers. Um, and I'm sure Janine will have a bit of a giggle about this one with me. Um, the names are also similar. Um, my pay now, buy now, pay later, um, after pay, before pay and, and the, the name the are na- on forever. Sorry, Janine. Yeah, yeah, th- there's so many of them and they all have a very, yeah, and they all have a very similar operating model where the idea is that you pay quite a lot of um, fees on top of your purchase. Some of them are upfront about that and you're gonna pay those fees um, no matter what or how long you take to to repay. And there are penalties for missing payments. But the new raft of buy now, pay later, in effect, don't have any extra payments. You borrow $1,000, you pay it back in four lots of 250. But where they make their money is from the retailers because they're encouraging you to buy more you probably could afford otherwise so retailers will give a part of the purchase price to the buy now pay later but there is a big amount of their um, profit that is made from people not being able to meet the repayments because that's when the fees kick in Um, so I think this is a, a new generation of loans that are specifically targeting people particularly being taken up by young people though that demographic is changing but, but the idea is I, I can't wait for that thing I'm impatient and I want to have it now and that's when it comes into the social pressures Well, my friends have got one I don't want to wait until I've saved up the money
0: I want to have one too thank you for that um what budgeting tools do you both recommend for people Janine if you'd like to go first
1: Well, when I'm seeing clients, I do my money plan, which which has got some pictures on it. When I'm out in communities, because I think it's a visual thing that most people is attracted to, and you you think, okay, there's a car, so have I got any car payments? Okay, there's electricity, do I how much I pay electricity? So, therefore, I have a visual money plan, and also I've got a, a spreadsheet money plan where if I'm talking to them over the phone, I will actually do the spreadsheet. But there are other, like if you're a financial savvy, there's the Money MoneySmart website and they've got some pretty good tools on there as well.
0: What do money plans
1: actually show you? The money plans will show you, you know, your income coming in minus your expenses and that. And it depends on, you know, what you want, uh, like you could have some savings in there if they, they can afford it and that's when we do in the financial counselling, we incorporate that in the plan where if they've got, they've uh, underspent, well, you know, we suggest that, okay, have a little bit on into savings. And that way, you know, you could save for Christmas, you could save for holidays. But if they're overspent, then we just review the budget until it gets back to the, the, the amount of money, the income.
0: And what about you, Sharon? What tools do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I agree
2: with Janine there. Um, there are some great budgeting tools online. The Money Smart one that she suggested is, is one that I particularly like to use. And what I like about that budget is that you can actually enter things, whether it's a, a yearly payment or a weekly payment, and it'll calculate it out for you. You just say, oh, you know, every year I, I spend, you know, $600 on my green slip and it'll break that down into fortnights or whatever your pay pay cycle might be. And one of the reasons that I really like using that website with people or that that tool with people is because it's got so many possible expenses listed on it that it makes you think of things that you wouldn't normally come up with, perhaps. So when you're doing a money plan with people, they're likely to think of things like their weekly food spend or even petrol. But they don't usually think about things like um, the maintenance of a car where there's items that you might spend every year well typically with a car so how much does it cost you to register your car every year and the budget tool will work out how much that means per fortnight so how much would you have to put away every fortnight just to keep your car on the road and and people can be quite surprised when they when they realize that Um, most people just go into shock when it's rego time and they need to get new tires or something fixed before they can register it because they're expensive so it's those sort of things that I think are great to talk to, through with the people, with our, sorry, with our clients and help them to understand how, how to incorporate one-off payments or um, big payments that we might make maybe every two or three years. How do you incorporate them into a money plan that includes a spending habit as well? Sorry, saving habit as well.
0: Excellent. They are excellent suggestions and the links will be in the show notes for everybody as well. And moving along, what are the absolute or what are some of the debt don'ts that people should just not do with their money? Sharon? Yes, of course.
2: Um, so there's quite a few, I think. And, and of course, everyone's situation is different. But what we're seeing now, particularly with the buy now, buy now pay later items are that people are borrowing money for everyday expenses. So people have started using buy now pay later for things like food. And this is a real red flag. I think if if you're in that situation, you've really got to get some help early. To recover from that situation, because if you've purchased a necessity item like food on a buy now pay later, then next week you're going to be having to buy food again and pay the buy now pay later fee for last week's food. And you can see how quickly that would snowball. So that would be one of the biggest don't do this that I can think of. Uh, there are many, but that's a big one that's happening more and more recently. And what people tend to do then is to use another buy now, pay later provider to go and borrow for, for the next thing that they need to buy.
0: Wow. So you can see how that would create mm-hmm. a whole mountain of debt. Yep. It's a snowball. Yep. For someone just trying to basically get by day by day.
1: What about you, Janine? Yeah, these payday lenders, you know the interest rate might be about 40 48 uh, percent interest rate and you know you got fees on top of that so if you pay you know you're getting a loan of a hundred dollars you've got to pay back hundred and forty eight dollars and that's just a hundred dollars just imagine you know you're borrowing a thousand dollars or maybe two thousand small loans so that's what you've got to be wary of is the you know the interest rate because it's just skyrockets and it's not affordable for most of our clients. Can we just
0: talk briefly about any sort of hidden fees or interest rates? I understand with some payday loans or even with the buy now, pay later, if you miss payments, it can actually jack up your interest rates or your repayments altogether, so you can actually end up yep. further in debt. Can you just talk no, a little that, bit about that, please? That's exactly
2: that's exactly what happens. The way that they initially make their get their income from buy now pay later loans or those any of those short term loans is to charge the retailers uh, a fee to, towards the buy now pay later provider, which encourages people to buy things that they can't afford today so that's the retailer's interest in you know why they pay a buy now pay later provider for anything that they're selling to someone the the interest for the retailer in doing that has to be because it means that they're selling more stuff so the one of the pitfalls is that and, and the whole business model for a buy now pay later is that they know they're going to make money off the client when the client misses a payment because there's a penalty involved in missing a payment. And it's usually quite a heavy one, considering how, uh, considering how small the loan might be. So that in the end, if you were to calculate the interest amount that um, would be contributable to missed payments and uh, the fees that are associated with those, you wind up with a possible a percentage of, of something in the vicinity of 300% of interest being charged when you calculate the missed payment fees.
0: Gosh, that's um, that's that's incredible. That's that would be a huge hit to someone on a small income. It's
2: it's phenomenal. Yeah.
0: So then, is it even possible for people to remain debt free in this day and age, Sharon?
2: Mm, and that is an interesting question because it seems that everyone has a credit card now. Um, And of course, that's not completely true, but it feels that way. And a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily, or in the past wouldn't have considered having a credit card, have have got to buy now pay later because it just seems like such a a free and easy tool because people don't read the fine print and they don't realise the penalties they might be um, in for if they miss a payment. Borrowing money to buy things, with some items, it's almost you you almost need to borrow money. Um, and obviously with a house or, or a dwelling, you pretty much have to bo- borrow money to buy one. Not many people can just go out and pay, pay cash for one. Um, so in, in that case, it's a necessity. It can't do without it. But And some people would view having a car as being something that's really normal for people to borrow money for. And of course, most people would, including banks, would see a car as an asset. But you could say, and I would say, that a car is not an asset because it depreciates in value. So if you're missing payments, your your debt um, can be increasing while at the same time the car is decreasing in value. And that's without even having an accident maybe and writing it off. But the debt will never go away. So most people have at some point had some kind of debt in their name and it would be really difficult, unfortunately, to live debt-free.
0: What about you, Janine? Do you think it's possible to live debt-free these days?
1: No, not today. Maybe 20 years ago, yes, but not today because there's too many uh, lenders out there and they're you know, sort of putting it out there. So people are anxious to get on board and you know borrow money, which, you know, like Sharon just said, you know, if they default on any payments, then they're up for amount of money owing. So, no, I don't think that's realistic.
0: So, we've come to the last question and Janine, what's the one thing you would like people to know to get in control of their money?
1: Well, by doing a a money plan or budget of some kind and the beauty of... Would be to keep in touch of spending. So if you're going to have coffee every day, you know that's going to cost what, nearly five dollars. So you know you're looking at those sort of things. What are you spending your money? So just keep on track with your spending and and know that what you're spending it for and where you could make some savings in that. You might say, okay, look, I don't want coffee every day. Maybe I could have it twice a week getting those little things in there so that you're not, you know, you spend it every day, but you are aware of your spending and you could uh, actually change it at any time.
0: Thanks, Janine. And what about you, Sharon? What's your one thing?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, well, I
2: completely agree with Janine. There's those little things that you're spending money on every day or regularly that you haven't really thought about. Uh, adding them up and seeing what a big chunk of your regular income that might be. But one of the things that I would like people to know is how to actually say no to other people in your life, particularly your kids or your partner, even family and friends. I think it's really um, important, especially for women, to learn how to see your income as your own money and that you have a right to manage how how it's spent and what it's spent on. And that can be really difficult sometimes. Um, There can be a lot of pressure on you to hand money over or spend it on something that you're not interested in. And and like I said, that pressure can come from all sorts of um, avenues, you know, parents, partner, kids, and everyone else around the place. So that would be a big thing for me, how how to um, help people to take control of their own finances make the
0: decisions for themselves thank you so much for joining us today janine and sharon debt can be such a hard weight to get out from under and i'm sure you've helped a lot of people with your information today
1: goodbye everybody and thank you for today pauline
2: okay goodbye everyone i think we've said it thank you thanks for your time
0: if you're a community worker and you've got clients with debt issues Please get them to call Law Access and see if they can get in touch with one of our financial counsellors. Don't forget there's also a lot of financial rights services available for them. All the information will be linked in the show notes. That was our guests, Legal Aid South Wales Financial Counsellors Janine Sines and Sharon Weston. As always, you will find links to all the websites, pages and resources mentioned in this episode, as well as a full transcript listed in our show notes, or you can email us to cle at legalaid.nsw.gov.au. This has been Law for Community Workers, Jingle Bills. Thank you for listening and goodbye, everyone.